guys welcome back to another episode of horror wine and crime we are back with part three the third and KK's final part back, back again <laughs> i didn't KK's get it until you... back. tell a friend guess who's back guess who's back guess... that should be our intro song honestly just every episode yeah i'm sure marsh will be like yeah go ahead and have that you know, copyright, whatever. I mean, he's got enough money. It's not like our couple bucks would make a difference. Yeah, he would be fine. He would still live his uh, luxurious life. Not that we don't love our intro songs. By right, we have the creepy factor, like the <laughs> melatonin creepy factor for the stories. But also, we're cheery. We like to make jokes, so we could have a little fun one too. Right, right, right. <laughs> but sorry, um, I cut you off, KK, with my little boppity bop. Oh, it was worth it. It was totally worth it. <laughs> I All I was just saying is I'm super excited for everybody to hear the ending of this craziness that we've been talking about the last couple weeks, because that's what it is. True oh madness. It's, it's definitely something. Yeah, something all right. Like I said last week, it's icky. <laughs> it's icky and it's sticky. Very, very much so. Uh, and yeah, this part will not give you any less ickiness <laughs> at all. Except when you stay tuned till the end and we talk about something not so icky, a little bit more fun. Yes. Yeah, well, you can stick it out to the end and see. Exactly. So... I'm excited, Lo, if you want to take us on this final part of the journey. All right, let's do it. So, little time goes by. The media is in a frenzy. Pamela's playing this, you know, 22-year-old widow card. And Celia's still away from Pam, which is making her nervous because she hasn't talked to her. Time goes by again. And Cecilia is starting to think things through because she's like, okay, I have all this information. Basically, in a nutshell, it's a poker game and Cecilia has the royal flush. You know what I mean? Because she wasn't there. She doesn't really, she didn't commit the murder. She didn't commit the robbery, but she knows the entire plan of like what went down. She has all the details. She's like in it with everybody, but she can't get charged for like actually doing anything. Yes. So she's like, okay, I got everything. And adults and people in her life are starting to be nice to her because they want her to talk and they want to like, you know, so they're doing like, what's going on, baby? You know, you're okay. Like, can we talk? Treating her more as a victim, right? And then you got Pam, who is like manipulating and being a narcissist and all the things. And her friends that she hung out with every day, they're getting arrested. So she's like, what the hell? And she's starting to see a little shift in Pam now. It's been a little bit more cold, a little bit more um, like just distraught, not distraught, but just, I don't know, just cold and distant, you know? And she's starting to see like the promises that Pam has been telling her. They're probably not true. They're probably not going to happen. Um, 
at one point she told hard copy in an interview that Pam's lover was in jail and she didn't care. How am I supposed to believe that she is actually my friend? I could hang myself knowing all the information that I know and she would be relieved because nobody would be able to tell. That's dark. Dark, but she's not wrong. Facts. She's not wrong. So Cecilia's guilt about Billy being in prison um, is weighing on her. And just the way that Pam has treated her after it happened. And like, she's really like, I need to rethink my life. And uh, so she goes in and she confesses everything to her parents. So they call the detectives and they know, you know, they're very thankful for the information. They just want to confirm, like make sure everything's picture perfect. So now they know that what Billy knows and that he was the one that actually did the murder. Um, And they, now they just got to try to find a way to get Pam because right now there is really no evidence on Pam. This means they got to go back to Cecilia and say, hey, have you ever worn a wire? (laughs) So fast forward to June 19th, Cecilia and her mom, they're both on board to do this. The first attempt, they thought, okay, how about we do a bug and a telephone first? They call Pam. Cecilia starts asking questions, talking about different things. Pam is kind of like, she's hard to manage. You know, she starts just, trying to talk about the relationship, but she's denying everything. And she tries bringing up Billy and Pam's just kind of shutting it down. It's just like, it's not getting past her. Like almost like Pam knows like, yeah, the phone's probably bugged. Like I'm not stupid. So that was a fail. So then they go for a different plan and they put a wire on Cecilia and she's like, we're going to do this face to face. So Pam agrees to meet up with Cecilia and she immediately, she runs up and gives Cecilia this, like, great big bear hug. And, of course, Cecilia's like, because, <gasps> you know, she's wearing a wire. <laughs> right. But uh, luckily, like, it was good. She didn't feel it. Um, so they start talking. And Pam did start to kind of incriminate herself a little bit. She starts alluding to herself about Billy's, you know, just kind of saying things without saying things so they kind of got her but they need a little bit more to put that nail in the coffin you know what i mean right so then they set up another meeting and this time pam is just persistent she's talking she's direct she's saying all the things and they're like boom gotcha bitch but as you know pam was going on and on about if you go to jail, I go to jail. So you better watch what you say and don't incriminate yourself because if I go down, you go down. But Pam couldn't manipulate Cecilia or gaslight her because you know what? What Pamela didn't know was that the cops were behind all of this with Cecilia. So with that being said, Pam name dropped, gave details, information, brought in another slew of people down with her. Long story short of the conversation, Pamela basically insinuated that Cecilia, um, they're like just big, dumb high school students, and they're going to believe me over them, so don't even worry about it. 
after the detectives go through the phone conversation, they get the paperwork in order, they make sure everything's kosher, and they roll up to the high school, and Pam is working. When the detective walks up to Pam, she kind of jumps up in excitement. You know, she's like, oh, you know, hi, how are you? Excited to see you. Do you have news? Did you find out who did this? And detective's like, well, I got some good news, and I got some bad news. And he's like, the good news is we solved the case. The bad news is you're under arrest. Oh, that had to feel so good to say. Yes. Like, you know, he probably is like, he felt like a boss as soon as he came out. Like, Right. I would. Like, how do I want to, how do I want to do this? Cause this is my moment, you know? <laughs> so August 1st, Pam's cuffed and arrested. She's walked out of the school building. She's put in the back of a police car. Um, where basically there's like a whole slew of investigators, uh, detectives, cops, everybody's out there. Um, there's actually news reporters out there. Ironically, they're snapping pictures of Pamela getting her into the back of the cop car. I mean, how is that for I- irony for like the news reporting side? Like For real. Uh, so August 2nd, the next day, Pam is arraigned. She's in Derry District Court. Prosecutors claim that... Um, she is being charged with promoting and facilitating a murder of her husband. There's an affidavit that's filed with the county attorney of the general office and Pam quotes aided and it quotes aided William Flynn and in planning to in planning commission of a murder, which let's keep it clear. They do know that Billy did the actual fatal shot. Like he pulled a trigger, but her hands are definitely not clean. Not at all. So Seems now the there's... Puppeteer. Oh, my gosh. So now the news frenzy again. The media, that's when everybody is in shock. Everybody's like, what the what? Even Greg's parents are like beside themselves. A press conference happens and Bill's dad... Um, I'm sorry. Bill... Greg's dad, he says, she's taken a loved one from us. And if she is indeed guilty, I hope they teach her a lesson and they give her the full maximum sentence that God and the Lord above us would give her. A week later, there's a bail hearing. Pam asks the judge to please give her some leniency and let her be on bail like, out on bond. She says, I've been incarcerated for 12 days for a crime I did not commit. I'm only 22 years old and I'm a widow and I'm grieving. I'm not a flight risk. I just want to be here. I want to be in this courtroom and prove my innocence. (laughs) She always knows how to like make things dramatic. Oh, for sure. Her defense lawyer would argue the entire case was based on innuendos hearsay, double hearsay, contradictions in the statement that was made by an unidentified 16-year-old who was browbeaten into stating that the state's evidence was true. But the prosecution wasn't having it. She would argue that you could hear the phone conversation, Pam talking about her relationship with Billy, her role she played in having an affair, Billy and her talking to teenagers and trying to convince them into lying to the police about the knowledge of the murder. 
after hearing both sides of the story, judge decided that the prosecution and he cited that he was going to side with the prosecution and Pam would be held in jail without bail. Good decision on you, judge. Yes. And that pretty much put the media into a frenzy. Like it was like a field day because now they're like, wait, what? Pam did it? Like now it's big, right? So the nation's hooked like America, as we all do. We love a good scandal and a really big true crime one. And this was like, so this is like 90, 91. So this was before like true crime was like what it is today. So this was basically like the first live court TV, like we could watch people on court. This was the very first one that they That's did on, huge. on TV. Yeah. So like before OJ, this happened. <laughs> Yeah, that's really huge because now that's like a ginormous thing. Like even with something as like not dramatic as like the Johnny Depp Amber Heard one, you know what I mean? People watch all of these trials on TV now. Oh, absolutely. So for it to be the first is just like really crazy to think. Yes. And you could watch it from beginning to end. Um, So Monday, January 28, 1991, Billy pleaded guilty to second degree murder. Pete and Jar pleaded accomplices to second-degree murder. Now, they got lesser sentences in the deal um, if they would testify against Pam at her trial. So that was kind of the deal. So they all just flipped on her. Although, like, Fuck you. <laughs> my heart tells me that Billy probably really didn't want to, but mm-hmm. he had probably to do what was best for him at this point. Poor, naive Billy. Yeah. But also... Be smarter, man. Yes. So they take the bargains. um, And it doesn't help that Cecilia already agreed to do interviews. Um, I mean, she was like, hi, Spitter, please. Like, she's basically wanting her five minutes of fame with this. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, And the lawyers, they're just like in the front of it to the cameras trying to like, basically say the testimonies of these boys and Cecilia, you know, it's all BS, it's garbage. Um, We'll get, this is Pam's lawyer talking, sorry, um, that they'll get their day in court. Don't worry. So for the next several months, you know, Pam would go on telling everybody and everybody that she was innocent and that she did not do this. And how could she, she's just this poor 22 year old widow. But it really didn't help her case because there's a charge against her with another inmate where she tried to solicit in prison into having Cecilia killed before her trial started. Of course. So now she's got to explain, like, Pam, like, come on, think about it. Two plus two, it's always going to equal four. Like, the evidence is there, like... You're basically just, you screwed yourself. (laughs) For real. Like if the one indictment, now you got two before you even got to the court on the first one. Like, Get it together, girl. (laughs) Yeah. Like, how do you even get charged for a second crime before you even make it 
to the trial of your first one. It's truly a talent. So March 4th, 1991, Pam begins a trial, which would be in a city called Exterior, New Hampshire. So the prosecution side of the of the state, so like the general prosecutor, um, it was led by Danielle Nikolsky, I believe is how you pronounce your name. Pam continued with her defense lawyer, Mark Sisti and Paul Toomey. So this was like a three-ring circus. Again, packed with press, packed with friends, family, civilians. Everyone wanted to be a part of it. It's going to be on TV, the very first court case. Like, it was just like, oh, my gosh. And it coincided with the first debut of TV court, like, the series. Madness. Yeah. So the prosecutor just let it all out. They did their opening statement. So on the evening of May 1st, 1991, Billy Flynn was acting under the action of his lover, Pam Smart. Billy and Pete drove to Derry with the intentions of murdering Greg and with the actions of trying to make it look like a robbery. He went on to explain that Billy was in love with Pam and that Pam was his motivation and that he was scared that if he did not go through with this, Pam would leave him. The rest of the guys, Pete, Randall, JR, and Ray, they were just motivated by money. He went on to say that the only reason why Greg was murdered was because Pam manipulated, lied, orchestrated this whole plan with the boys. She had multiple opportunities to not go through with it, to call it all off, to forget about it, but she was persistent and that it must be done. She was determined to be free from Greg, and she also wanted that life insurance money. So now it's the defense's turn to rebuttal, which should be kind of obvious at this point. We don't agree on much. The evidence you're going to place in front of you, like, we don't agree with that. And, I mean, you're a defense lawyer, so you probably won't. (laughs) They never really did have a strategy of defense. Like, they tried to prove that she was going to send it, like, um, they were going to play their cards more to try to undermine the jury, to try to just undermine everything that the prosecution was saying. So just kind of put doubt in their minds without showing evidence of innocence, because let's just say her defense team is struggling, okay? Yeah, as they would with everything going down. In his opening statement, he was saying that Greg's murder was sole responsibility of three cold-blooded thrill killers fueled by sex, obsession, jealousy, and mental illness. Day two in court, the first witnesses, Patrick Randall, which we know is Pete. Um, Pete starts talking about the horrific details so detailed that they had to call a timeout because Greg's mother could not take it anymore and she had to be escorted out of the courtroom with some help. They went on to say that she was supposed he was supposed to cut his throat after listening to him talk. He decided he couldn't do it. Then the second witness, JR, comes on, basically co-signed and agreed with the statements that, you know, the state had said and that Pete had said 
But he went into a little bit more detailed as well about the relationship with Billy and Pam. He was focused on saying, Pam just kept asking, how should I react? Like, what should my reaction be? Should I scream? Should I call the police? Or should I take off running down the street? JR responded with, be normal. Just act normal. Chill, girl, chill. Twenty-two asking the advice of fifteen-year-olds how to act in a murder plot. Okay, just wanna make sure we're all on board. <laughs> so they pulled up the police report when they got arrested and pointed to the boys are actually laughing, singing in the back seat on the way back to Seabrook. But I want to say I was kind of curious about that because it's like the '90s, so it's not like there was phones and video. So unless the I'm guessing the boys must have confessed in their story that they were, they added that they were singing shoe fly bop, like on their way back, which why, why, when you're giving your confession, you're telling them that you're singing happy go lucky songs too. Like, yeah, you think that that could be like a part that they just leave out, (laughs) show some remorse. Like, yeah. So I'm guessing that's the only way they could, understand that it's not like today where somebody could have been recording it on their phones you know right somebody have had to have said that that happened in the car because yeah. but yeah again weird weird flex yeah loose lips are sinking ships yep so i guess the boys talked about it i don't know more stupidity so uh the meeting line and you know the prosecution defends everybody's talking um But the lawyers on both sides are pretty much like, you know what, honestly, it doesn't seem like anybody cares. Nobody's showing remorse. Like Pam's over there sitting stone cold, just still. The boys are over there just kind of like laughing at some points. Like nobody seems to really give a shit like a man lost his life. Like Poor Greg. So it's 10 days into the trial and Billy is up now to testify. He co-signs everything that they said and said that, you know, the boys are on the same page, except he was sensationalized because he was the witness that had all the details. He was the one that had the intimacy with Pam. He's the one that had the details about the intimacy of their relationship. Uh, He goes on to talk about the reaction she had before and after the murder. He gave the details. He talked about how Pam confided in him and that he found Greg's body. And she said that she was, even after she found his body, she was struggling to even cry for him. That's cold. Very cold. He said that his testimony has betrayed Pam and he made a promise that he, a month before he was arrested, that he would never tell on her because he loved her. They did ask him one last question and they said, why did you say God forgive me before you committed the murder? And he said, because I did not want to kill Greg, but I did not want to lose Pam. Uh, My dude, there are so many other girls out there. Like I feel like the one is way more. Yeah. One is way more uh, impactful than the other. Yeah. Cross-examination happens and it looks like, you know, they try to make it look like Billy had a high school crush. It was not reciprocated. He was just like obsessed with her and just, you know, got confused. And he just replied, I loved her and I just wanted to be with her. She was the first girl I ever loved and I didn't want, I didn't want her to leave me. 
They went to play the recording of Cecilia and Pam. They heard Cecilia's testimony. Uh, there's actually a recording of Pam saying to Cecilia that I'm so scared that one day you're going to come in here and be wired by the fucking police and I'm going to be busted. And she wasn't wrong. She, she, hit that right on, she hit that right on the, the nail, right on the head. <laughs> uh, you could hear Pam go on talking about the affair. You could hear her alluding to the plan of the murder. Basically, just like everything, manipulating Cecilia to keep her mouth shut. March 22nd, 1991, after 13 hours of deliberation, the jury came back with Pamela Smart guilty of conspiracy to commit murder and tampering with a witness. The jury went on to say that the tapes are basically what sealed her deal. They were on the fence. They weren't sure. But after listening to the tapes, they pretty much knew it was her. Um, she got sentenced to life without parole, even as Pamela sat there and heard it she sat stone cold no emotions were shown greg's parents were very emotional judy was crying and saying that pam got what she deserved she was very happy the first thing they were going to do was go to greg's grave as a family and tell him what happened karen knight who was a friend of the flynn family quotes not only did she take greg's life but she took billy's future and that is not something he can ever get back. No sentence will be high enough for the injustice she has caused. Right after the sentencing, Pamela was sent to New Hampshire Correctional Center for Women. In 1993, she appealed to the Supreme Court and they said that um, the media fucked up her court, the publicity, any chance she had was like shot because of all of the media. And they were like, you know what? Like, bullshit you're guilty we get that the media it was crazy and it was ridiculous but you did what you did so you're staying where you are goodbye and in the end billy got 40 years with a minimum of 12 served before he was eligible for parole so in 2007 he applied for a prison reduction but it was denied in 2014 he got moved to minimum security um, a new prison in Maine. And then in 2015, he ended up getting paroled. Uh, the Smart family testified against it, unfortunately, but it didn't matter. He was still paroled. Um, and the parole officer said that they have not seen a more remarkable prisoner than he had. He had a lot of growth in him, and you don't see that very often. Patrick, a.k.a. Pete, also got the similar sentence, but he was paroled in 2015 as well. J.R. got a little lesser of a sentence. He pleaded guilty to conspiracy of a murder, and he got 30 years, was paroled, but he was actually out in 2005. Ray pleaded guilty to conspiracy uh, to commit murder and attempted of burglary. He got 30 years as well. He was paroled in 2003 after serving 11. Uh, he went back a year later, though, for violation of parole for leaving the state for seeing his girlfriend. But then a year after that, he was back out again. Oh, dude. Yeah, like stay in the fucking <laughs> state, okay? For real. Like you have one task. Like um, She can come visit you. <laughs> Cecilia, she tried to carry on with life. But it got hard because the press gave her a lot of shit. So she had to move to Missouri. Um, she later did move back to Seabrook and then eventually to Albany. But 
um, she got a job as a registered nurse. So she is doing well, but she said that she got a lot of negative attention. People thought that she was out for money and trying to just make money off the story. They said that it was a rumor that she got $120,000 for an interview, but she only got 10, she said. Um, Then there's Pam. She's still in prison. She petitions for a release all the time still. And she talks to the press every chance that she gets. But she, you know, is going on still maintaining her innocence. She is currently sitting in a New York prison. She has currently exhausted all her chances for parole. Her team of lawyers are still trying to get a sentence reduction. But as of now, that has not moved. She blames it on political. It was all political. Okay. Like, what the fuck? She's still being like, I didn't do this. It was this George, has nothing to do with me. George Bush did it. It's his fault. Yeah, like, what? Um, as she goes on to claim the death penalty, she said, death penalty would have been a lot less brutal of a sentence than I have right now. Right now, they're just treating me like a locked up animal in a cage. Kind of. Her ego reminds me of um dahlia's yes oh my god i thought of that like as i'm doing the story i'm like i should do an update and see what's going on with dahlia if she's still in prison or like yes if you guys haven't heard that episode it's a really good one but the poor pitiful me like they have the same exact attitude yes and it's just like the ego is just so wild to me. It's like have some humility, have some grace, have some, I mean, have just any empathy or humanity at all. Like, but they just think so highly of themselves that they can do no wrong and that they don't deserve any of the punishments for the actions that they've done. Just delusional. Delu- Delulu for real. Delulu. <laughs> for real. <laughs> Uh, oh, that should have been gosh. our podcast name, Delusional. For, yeah, honestly. Because <laughs> they all are. <laughs> Every single one, I swear. Even me, I'm delusional too, so it would have fit. <laughs> um, so I know I kept you for a long time with the story. Um, if you guys want to go, I get it. But if you want to give an extra five minutes, um, we are going to talk real quick. Um, there is a Lifetime movie well, it might have been, I don't know if it was Lifetime or not. But anyway, um, it's called To Die For. And it the names are different in the movie. Like, it's based off of Pam Smart, but the name is different. But Kidman is kind of the Pam. Joaquin Phoenix is the Billy. Matt Damon is the Greg. And then Casey, Aff- Casey Affleck would have been the either... Uh, Pete or yeah Patrick Randall or Pete um so it's a very interesting movie um a lot of it is very similar Nicole Kidman kills it she plays the perfect Pam although again her name's something Stone instead Susan Stone Susan yeah but you get the gist of the story um there's a few things I I don't want to say get frustrated because it's my fault because I studied the case and then I'm watching the movie. I'm like, that's not how it happened. Like, that's not the same. That's not what they did. Yeah, they definitely like like, twisted. It's loosely based. 
right like definitely for sure loosely based like obviously like the main points of it are like the same except for i mean not all of the big details were the same but they definitely uh switch some things around but for sure watching it you're like okay this 100 percent parallels with pamela smart story yeah i won't give it away but the ending is different in case you want to go watch it yeah i'm mad um, about the ending but i feel like the cast was done pretty well i do too um, like they they all really nailed it like yeah i like how they make um and i don't remember his character's name but the one that would be like the billy joaquin um, phoenix yes um he like i feel like he played it really well because obviously you know i don't really know how billy is in real life and like his personality but i feel like he portrayed what he would be really well just kind of like a stupid airhead who just like feels love from this person because maybe he doesn't have love in his like home life and all that stuff yeah they said that you know billy was troubled you know his mom called him a prick that's right Um, so i feel like i mean they were very ignorant um i do feel like if it's like the movie which i kind of feel it was they were kind of like a low class type citizens like Mm -hmm. they didn't seem like they had a lot of money they weren't you know in this you know their schooling wasn't high educated they just seemed like they were just like a group of misfits that had each other and just i feel cecilia wanted more that's why she latched on to pam yeah um but yeah it's definitely worth watching um there's just a fun couple little facts i'm not going to get into all of them but casey affleck actually beat out ben and matt damon for that role of russell shut up no way they said that he seemed like he's a little bit more scrappier than the other two and matt and ben lost their boston accents and he still had his okay i could see i could see how he would be a better fit than them they're kind of more like clean cut you know uptight seeming guys so i could see the scrappy the scrappiness in him Yeah, the lady that wrote the novel to die for, she did say that she always saw Susan Stone as a Nicole Kidman. So that kind of made her happy that that worked out. That panned Um, out for her. Right. Um, They said that Casey, um, after the movie was, you know, was a wrap, he brought a screenplay to the director, Gus Van Sant, that directed this movie. Um, And it was just this little screenplay um, I don't know. You guys might have heard of it. It's called Goodwill Hunting. Oh, just that little thing. With Ben for Ben and Matt. Yeah. <laughs> um, just that small movie. Yeah. Nicole Kidman said she was determined to get this role. Um, she spent 40 minutes talking on the phone to Susan about it, how she would play it. Um, Meg Ryan was actually offered $5 million to do it, but Meg Ryan turned it down. Nicole said she would do it for two. Wow, so she was really dedicated. I'd be like, you want to give Meg Ryan five and she turned it down? I want six. (laughs) Well, I could see Nicole Kidman. She probably read the book. She seems like she's very sophisticated, like a book reader. Yeah, she does. Smart. So she probably like, oh my God, you know. Right. She's like, I want to get my hands on this. Or just the news because it was probably nationwide, you know. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, if that was, like, such a huge story. Like, I don't know when the movie came out. I didn't pay attention to what year it came out. But even to this day, like, I've heard of this story. And, like, so it's definitely an iconic one. She said that she spent, Nicole said she spent three days in bed just soaking up reality television. And that's how she found the experience, how to, like, just be totally hypnotized by reality TV to find her persona for this character. I feel that I get hypnotized by reality <laughs> TV all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, she also said that her performance, um, she went on to serve inspirational for other actresses. Reese Witherspoon decided to start an election. Charlie Theron did young adult um, after seeing Nicole's um, role as Suzanne Stone. So a lot of people are looking up to Nicole, which I mean, how I could you not? not? Yeah. Jinx. I just want to dance in the rain with lights <laughs> on me. Like, right. I can't remember the song, but it was a jam. I remember. It was. And he played that so like the way that he was looking at her. When He's she was like, too. like he, his finger is like, turn around. Like, <laughs> like, I was dying laughing. I was like, oh my God. Like, they all just nailed it. Yes. So, yep, those are just, um, you know, a couple of fun little facts. That was Casey at Casey's um, first feature debut is in a movie. So, I mean, not a bad one to be your first movie. No, not at all. Um, the movie went on to have three Oscar winners in it. Nicole Kidman eventually got one. River, or not River Phoenix. Ooh, the other one. <laughs> Different one. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix and Casey Affleck. Um, they also had Oscar nominees, Matt Dillon, Buck Henry, and George Siegel, which, however, we got to get a shout out because Red was up in there. Um, oh my gosh, I know. And I forget his name. Um, I'm sorry, but I like him as an actor. He played uh, Cher's dad in Clueless. He's just so cute as an old man. With the eyebrows? Yeah, the little... Uh, Buckchin. Yeah. Yep. I don't know what his name is either. Uh, Dan. But... Dan hated had a day. Hated day. Okay. He always looks crabby to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Kurt Ward Smith. That's red. Um, Wayne Knight made an appearance. That was kind of funny if you're a Jurassic Park fan. Um, Who was he? He played the editor, like the at the little station. Oh, at the little station. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, it was a, a nice little tight-knit cast. Yeah, phenomenal um, cast. And uh, it was a good movie. If you like the Lifetime-type movies, and if you like Nicole Kidman, I'd say watch it. But And who doesn't? I mean... I know. Like, I honestly have never heard anybody say they don't like her or don't think she's a good actress. And she's married to Keith Urban, so, like, that's not a bad <sighs> life. I love them together, too. They're just, like, so wholesome and cute. And badass. Gosh, for real. I'm sorry. I liked Tom Cruise in the 90s, but she definitely... Um, Upgraded. Yes. Big time. By the way, is she pregnant right now? Or did I see a throwback picture? Nicole Kidman? Because I saw a picture of her on a red carpet with Keith Urban, and she was pregnant. But I didn't know if it was, like, now or if it was, like, I an old be. picture. Well, we'll have to fact check that. Yeah. Because I, I feel like them. she'd be, I don't want to judge, but that'd be like 
Yeah, she's older. She's not old, but... But she's older than me, and I guess I picture me having a baby right now, and I'm just like, oh my god, I can't. Okay, she's not. But I guess she gained 25 pounds, so people thought that she was pregnant. Is what I'm reading on online. Okay, maybe she's doing it for a role? Yeah, or... If not, whatever, girl. She's living her life. Well, this says, I don't know if this is old or not, but I'm on Youth League's website. I don't know. New baby for Nicole Kidman. But where was her pregnant? Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban have surprised celebrity fans by announcing they had become parents again. The couple who already have two-year-old daughter, Sunday Rose, used a surrogate to have second baby. Is that old? Faith Margaret. I don't know. Was born last month in Nashville. But if it was a surrogate, it wouldn't be her. Oh, wait. April 2023. Are you on the same page as me? Oh, no. I'm on Hello Magazine. So many things. Maybe next week we'll have, like, the facts for you guys. And we'll actually understand what's going on. Because I've seen two different things. One thing she is but she miscarried but that might be old but also another one saying she just gained weight so i don't even know if anybody knows (laughs) it says no words can convey the incredible gratitude that we feel for everyone who has supported through this process in particular um nicole has said she adopted two children with her ex-husband tom cruise she plans to take the next six months out of maternity leave to concentrate on expanding her family now that sounds like an old post though right yeah we're gonna look into this and then we will let you know (laughs) yeah because now i'm like determined to know the truth (laughs) crystal will be back next week with the truth about nicole kidman i will have the lowdown i will have the actual facts for this because i'm super curious now but it's probably been a very long episode now so i think it's probably a good idea if we head out if we sign out. Well, thanks for sticking around. I know it's been another long journey. Hopefully you enjoyed the roller coaster of the funny, not funny story of the Pam Smart. Um, I know it's a serious situation, but I got to take the lighthearted ones and make jokes where I can. Because a lot of them, we can't make jokes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them are super, super dark. And even though this one was very dark it was like a dark journey a lot of manipulation and like using children and like murder which is all very dark but also at the same time it was just so crazy and ridiculous that yeah you can't help but like laugh at certain parts okay well on that note don't bang 15 year olds if you're 22 don't try to have your husbands killed by high schoolers and just basically if you're not in high school stay away from high schoolers we got to go important lesson there thank you very much (laughs) stay creepy guys (laughs) bye bye